So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, it is 2019 and welcome to the brand new season of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Thank you so much for joining. My goodness, this is going to be an incredible year. Like 2018, Maya, it was a great year for us and I hope it was for you too. Uh, You guys, the entire purpose of the Six Figure Photography Podcast is simply this. Let's help you grow your business. Like, Let's step up to the plate. Let's create a resource and a community uh, that you get to tune into, that you get to, to maybe dial in on Facebook and, and join the community there, uh, to DM and Instagram, and let's just help grow your business. That is what we are here to do. And we have an incredible guest today to start us off right we're talking sales today, you guys. I uh, know for some people, I think this idea, I think it gets a lot of us jazzed, right? Just like excited. Um, and a lot of us, it gets excited because we're, we're already good at it. We're like, yes, let's keep getting better. And I think for some of us, you get excited about sales because you're like, man, that is my weak point. Like, oh my goodness, good. We need to talk about sales. I need to get my numbers up. I need to increase my conversions. I need more leads in the door and I need uh, to, to really raise my prices. And that's what we're going to do today with Shauna Beckman. Uh, Look, Shauna, this is one thing I love about Shauna, a fellow Midwesterner. I am here in Ohio, and there's something there's something about us Midwestern people. I don't know. People say I keep hearing that we're like uh, we have our own little isms that we we have things that we say. I'm curious if Shauna has any of these uh, things that we say, an accent to us, a way about us, potentially awkwardly polite. I don't know. This is just what I hear. Shauna's got five little kiddos, uh, five to my three. So mad props to her. Uh, I love this. She was the first in her family to graduate high school. She now runs She Speaks Sales to help creatives get paid. Let's just leave it at that. There's a lot of things that Shauna does, but the big one, the one you should dial into is she's going to help you get paid. Shauna Beckman, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, so good. And I'm so happy that you're also from the Midwest. That makes everything so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, I feel like I see this sometimes. I, I see these these different memes or, or things that we say. I think one of them was like, ope. Like like you bump into someone oh, like, yeah. oh, sorry, mate. Or like, so maybe not mate, but it's like, oh, sorry. And I do that all the time. I bump and I'm like, oh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, are there any other Midwesterner kind of, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say memes uh, that, that you're aware of? Oh, my grandma always says, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's super deep when she says it, and she's the best. And I can always feel that come out when I'm like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> You know, my grandpa, he would always say mercy, kind of like Uncle Jesse from Full House. No joke. And he wasn't even, he never even watched the show, but we would jump on his lap when we were little kids and you go, mercy. <laughs> and to this day, I now say mercy. Like my kids tackle me, I'm like, mercy. And I, I it's a, just a straight Uncle Jesse move. Uh, but, you know, Uncle Jesse, where was Uncle Jesse from? I, you know, I know that they lived over in San Diego, but I wonder where Uncle Jesse originated from. If anybody knows, if anybody's really dialed in to Full House and has an origin story for, for Uncle Jesse, do me a favor and DM me on Instagram at Hartley and let me know where Uncle Jesse grew up because I hope it's the Midwest. I think that would be really awesome too. But yeah, there's totally this essence of 
of warmness and just charisma that just comes out in the way that Midwestern people communicate. And it's really served me well in my business. <laughs> this is awesome. Let's, you know what, why, why, let's not talk about getting paid. Let's not talk about sales conversions. Let's just keep talking about how great we Midwesterners are. You know, I bet everyone else is just like sick of this conversation already. The people who are on the West Coast, East Coast, they're over it. Look, Shauna, uh, you know, when you reached out to me and then when I was doing some research on your website, there's some really interesting stuff that you kind of position yourself as. And this really gets into a bit of your origin story, right? You talk about um, how you you learned sales not from not from well you know selling stuff door to door not from you know some sort of inside sales position outside sales position photography things like that but you learned sales from from like facilitating tissue donation decisions uh, can you actually explain even what that what that means or that looks like if if, if that's not uh, completely evident to the audience who's listening? Like what what were you doing? How did you get into that role? And how did that uh, gain you uh, understanding of this whole sales process? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking that. So after I graduated from the University of Minnesota, I ended up landing a job that was like a twenty four hour call center. And what would happen is when someone dies, their deaths are reported to a tissue or don't like a tissue donation agency, right? And basically, what you do is you screen that death for um, potential tissue donation. And so and, and depending on their donation status, right, sometimes they put it on their driver's license, sometimes it's in a will. And when when that happens, like as the donation facility, like you, you kind of have rights to recover that tissue. So I got this. I love this job. This job was amazing. And it was, a, like I said, a 24 hour call center. So I worked nights and overnights and weekends. And it was a great bunch of people. And what would happen is when these deaths were reported, kind of to, just kind of like a generic, you know, like, like, a, like a generic website, right? And what would happen is you would get that contact information for the family. And you would pick up the phone. And you would have to talk to a grieving family member moments after their loved ones had died and literally ask them, like, would you consider donation and help them facilitate that decision? And Can we just of, pause there for yeah, a second? Because that sounds terrible. That sounds like my worst. Like, I just that's you were up for that. Yeah. And it sounds totally crazy. Right. Because I know that that is a conversation a lot of people don't want to have. But like donation, like in and of itself is is just like such a beautiful, incredible gift and a very generous gift. And so to like help people facilitate that. Plus, a lot of times it's the individual who, who died, like their last wish. And like to get to honor that is like a really cool thing to kind of be there in the midst with them. Man. That is so, I mean, golly, how, like, how do you even train for something like that? I'm trying to imagine some of your early conversations. Are there any stories that a company, I mean, like that's gotta be really, I, I understand how like you, it sounds like you really are sold on the concept and I, and, and, and it's not that I'm not, it just sounds like it'd be so challenging. Were there any extremely difficult, uh, conversations that you had? I mean, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing is, is that you, there's a couple things that you ask. How did I do this? Well, you have to practice. Like if you think about your favorite movie, those movies that make you laugh so hard, your side hurts or makes you just like ball, you know, and you're, you're just a hot mess and you're even crying two days afterwards. Those emotions, like they're real, but they're practice. Like those emotions, those are created from scripts. And so what we're doing is for me to feel really good about the conversation that I'm having with a grieving family, like I would actually have to practice. I'd have to uh, practice my tonality. I'd have to practice the way that I approach. I'd use the script to guide the conversation, not to use it as a robot, but to help facilitate a decision. So I learned really quickly that it's okay if people say no, like I'm not there to pressure them. I'm literally there to help drive awareness around what the deceased person wanted or to help them decide for themselves what they want to do. Right. So it was all about, I mean, they would never ever say that what we were doing was sales, but when you understand that sales is really something that you do with someone rather than to them, it changes everything. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Sales is something that you do with someone 
rather than to them. Where does the, where, you know, where do you see people getting this mixed up? What are the differences between this? If you could kind of maybe paint a picture of doing sales to someone or even the kind of like the psychology that goes behind that or, or like the, the maybe psychology, maybe that's too deep of a word, the mindset shift that would occur. Yeah, absolutely. So we, th- we tend to think of sales kind of as the used carman, right? From Matilda when he like reverses the mileage under the hood and he like sells yeah, his exactly. car. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. So we, we kind of think Think of sales as something icky, right? Something that we don't really want to do. And we really think that if somebody wants to buy our service, they will just do it on their own. But that's simply not true. Like people can want something really, really bad, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to to pull the trigger. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to pull out their wallet. So what you do as a salesperson, as somebody who's selling a service, is that you're you're really driving home like is this something that you truly do want okay now let me help you get that right and what does that mean does that mean you have to have an extra conversation with your spouse does that mean that we you know rebudget something in your you know does that mean we budget something else in your life or does that mean that you know maybe you pick up a side job i'm not exactly sure but you're there to facilitate that decision and so it's 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 less about pushing someone into a corner. It's less about pushing somebody, you know, into a weird position that they don't really want to do. It's really about, okay, how can I serve their best interests? How can I drive the self-awareness that the thing that I'm selling is in fact in their best interest? And how can I help them do that? Because if we get off the phone, if they don't do it now, will they ever, right? And that's that has been, I mean, that's kind of what it means when I say we do some, we do sales with people rather than to them. Yeah. So this sounds like it's also, yeah. Um, you talk about increasing conversions without compromising your values. I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with, you know? So look, photographers, I, I think one of the bigger ones is less of the service portion of the sale, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's p- certainly part of the equation. I think a lot of times it's that feeling of maybe after uh, the service is done and it's, and it's prints, it's, it's, you know, the, the artwork on the walls. I feel like a lot of photographers wrestle with that because, you know, a client could go get stuff cheaper somewhere else. And so I feel like there's maybe this value. Um, they, they feel maybe inauthentic to, to it. Like, is this actually the best thing for my client? Cause I know they could go to Walmart and get this cheaper. And there's kind of this wrestling match with, with values. Is, is that accurate? And, and how do we kind of, um, align uh, our sales conversions in such a way where we're not wrestling with these values. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm hearing you, I'm hearing you say that some photographers in general, like they feel like when they go for like more sales at the end of the service, like why would they do more prints if they could just get them cheaper, you know, at any local store is what you're saying, right? Exactly. I I hear this kind of thought process a lot with, with photographers is, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do canvases or wall art or albums for my clients because, because it doesn't make me feel good about, essentially it doesn't make me feel good about my values when I know that they could get it cheaper somewhere else. So I'm not going to offer it. Yeah, absolutely. That's me summarizing, you know, maybe a lot of photographers' feelings. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. When you when you treat your thing like something that they can get anywhere else, that's a problem. So you can't sell what they can get everywhere else. You want to sell the result, right? You want to sell the outcome of the thing that you're providing. And it's not just pictures to put in an album. Yeah, they can go get that anywhere. And they should, right? Like, I mean, yeah, like let them go to Walmart, you know, let them go to Walmart, let them go to Walgreens. But I actually have a very good friend who is a documentary style photographer. And when she goes to sell the big prints, when she goes to sell the canvases, she talks about that thing as a centerpiece, as an art piece, as something that she can hang over the fireplace, as a family heirloom, right? Like when we really change the way that we talk, we increase the perceived value. And when you increase the perceived value, then it's like, okay, yeah, I guess I could pay an extra 250 for that. I guess I could, you know, spend a little bit more on that because this is the outcome that you're providing. And so you really have to learn how to talk about your work in a way that gives them the outcome. And sometimes we don't know unless we ask, right? Sometimes we can't always read the label from the inside out. So you you literally have to ask how your work resonates with your audience. 
What do you want it? What does it mean to hang up this wall or this picture or this piece of work? Or, you know, what, what, what do you say when people come over and you point out this piece? What does it mean to you? And then whatever they say, that's how you're going to sell it. I think, I think even on this topic as well, you know, you know this, I think anyone listening knows this, like we want to spend money and, and it's almost like where our dollars go, uh, so do our, um, how do I mean, I, again, I'm riffing right now. So give me a little grace as I kind of compose this, but, uh, a lot of times our dollars often communicate, uh, the things that we value, right? So you spend, you spend money on Valentine's day on gifts and, and, and this is not a hard and fast thing, right? The generalization in our culture is that, you know, when you invest money in something, it means that you care about it, generally speaking, right? Obviously there's a lot of other ways to, to let someone know that you care about them time. It's essentially like the, um, the, uh, the gifts, right? It's like your, your love language. Like, is it, is it time spent? Is it, uh, is it gift giving? Is it words of affirmation? Right. But I think for a lot of people, it is, you know, this, this idea of gift giving and, and investment. And I think a lot of couples want to spend money on these type of pieces of artwork and actually spend considerable money on it. If only to kind of, uh, uh, in a way create this, uh, like, um, monument, right? Or this, like erect this, like, uh, um, like a, a thing that, rem- uh, uh, man, I'm again, I'm riffing here, but like it, it creates something of substance to point to and say, this is how much I care about this thing in my life that I, that I invested into it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I mean, can you imagine the customer on the other end where you're like, yeah, like if, if you just want to take these and get these printed, that's totally fine. But if you want someone to create, you know, if you want someone to look and organize your photos in a way that represents your day like perfectly or you know like that somebody's really going to give your photos the attention it deserves like can you see how much more valuable it is this way for me to deliver it and take the time that you deserve like or so you know something like that and I'm riffing too but like if you can navigate the conversation in that way where, where you say like yes you can go do this but look it but isn't this what you want like isn't this like how you want your photos to be treated. Isn't this what you deserve in your special day, you know, like your special day or whatever. And then, and, and then like, how can they say no to that? Yeah. I think the trick in, in this too is, uh, I've heard, um, Oh, I just blanked on the guy's name. Um, he, uh, and I'll remember at some point and I'll blurt it out randomly, but he talks about how a client, um, will only spend as much as they believe they are worth not you are worth, right? In, in regards to photography, it's it's them investing back into themselves, really. And so, and I know we're going off topic here, but I love this, that idea of, of um, giving and building belief uh, back into the client, especially for like, if we're talking photography, we're talking portraiture, we're talking wedding photography, they will only invest what they believe they're worth, what their wedding is worth, what their family is worth, what these memories are worth to them. And spending a considerable amount of time kind of focused on that rather than just the the actual, you know, technical external problem of here are some photographs, right? Um, it's an, another interesting way to, to kind of position it. Um, I love that. I have never heard that before. And that is like so beautiful and so true. And, you know, when I first started helping creative services, you know, navigate the sales talk, I would say, okay, here's a script. Here's the words. Here's what you need to say. Like, here's what they, here's what you do when they do this. And, and they'd say, oh my gosh, like, this is so helpful, but like, I still can't do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you can't do it. Like, it's all here. It's all here for you. And I learned really quickly that a lot of times selling is absolutely that instilling like this confidence of your service is worth this price. And like your work is, is so good. Like, can't you see that? And so it really is, again, driving this self-awareness around who you are and who you want, who you want to be and how the sale can facilitate that into stepping into that person. It's awesome. We're going to get into some of the actual practical stuff a little bit later, but I want to, I want to point back to you for a second. What's one of the earliest, uh, experiences that you remember selling? What's one of the, and, and I said experiences because maybe it, maybe it was an item, right? Maybe it was a thing, a product, but maybe it wasn't. Can you recall one of your earliest, 
uh, experiences with sales? What was the first thing you sold as far back that you can remember, Sean? Oh, yeah. I was like six years old and I had a cousin from Wisconsin, of course. <laughs> I had a cousin from Wisconsin and she lived right on the Minnesota-Wisconsin border and she lived in the country, right? On a dirt road where the pine trees, you know, line the, the country roads and she's got this really long driveway. And what we did is we picked rocks from her driveway and we painted them and we put a stand at the end of her driveway, right? Where the cars are going like 50 miles an hour. So it's like, nobody's actually going to stop. And we tried to sell these painted rocks on the edge of her driveway. And that's like literally the first memory that I think about when, when I think about sales and we all, no matter what, what we're doing, if it is, if it's trying to convince your kids to go to bed or if it's, you know, trying to get your kids to eat vegetables, or if it's, you know, uh, negotiating a budget, if it's, you know, your ideology, like whatever it is, or asking for a raise at your work, like everything that we do in sale in life is such is, is totally related to sales. As, as much as there is like a process that you can do outwardly, uh, systems, techniques, verbiage scripts, you know, how you position your value. Is there something that has to start before all of that? Like, like in terms of um, you know, the actual mindset shifts and internally that you could begin to point to, uh, to, uh, to actually begin to initiate this conversion of, of, <laughs> it's funny I use the word conversion, but to actually initiate, like, you know, um, thinking about sales differently. Yeah. I think the first, first really good mind shift shifts change is to think about sales from a place of certainty your customers won't buy your guests. And so when you approach the sales conversation from like, oh, you know, like maybe you should do this one or maybe you should do that one or like, what do you think about this discount? And so what happens is when you do that, you're undermining the confidence that you need to sell to this person because they won't buy your guests. And so, and we do this and, and I understand why we do this, right? Because we want it to be collaborative. We want we want them to say yes to us, but when but people don't say yes to you because you're discounting. People don't say yes to you because you gave them five options. They say yes to you because they are convinced that this is the one for them that at this price. And so again, they won't buy your guests. And so when you him and you ha and you're unsure about what you bring to the table, you are in trouble. Yeah. Like what you said that they buy, um, what they're, how did you say it? You said they're going to buy what they are convinced is their best thing, which means that you need to be also convinced, convinced, like completely. So there's a, uh, you're familiar with Grant Cardone, right? Yeah. 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 So one of, um, one of my favorite books of his is seller be sold. So good. He has this principle of like, like, uh, that you need to be one, like 100% sold on your own thing. Meaning like you got to go buy it. Like an actual go actually go through the buying experience, pull out your own wallet and pay full price for the thing that you're trying to get somebody else to pay for. Because only then will you be fully, uh, in on it. Do you know what I mean? Like fully be able to empathize, to experience it and and sold on your own thing that you're selling. Do you believe yeah, that? I mean, and the principle is you can only sell as, as far as you've been sold. And so that's because selling is is the transfer of, of certainty, right? It's like, yes, this is exactly who you are. This is exactly what you need. And this is exactly why, right? And when you... Can you I've never heard that. Hold on, let's, let's sit down. I, I get excited about things that I haven't heard before. <laughs> All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. 
You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work. But Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing, too, is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, It gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Look, we're going to stay on theme here and keep talking about giving you guys solutions for all the things that are terrible to do. Um, so you guys remember when you started your small business, right? Like it was no small fee. Uh, you're spending uh, late nights, early mornings, the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, uh, ever since then, you've been insanely busy, right? And so one of the biggest challenges uh, is invoicing and it's accounting, Right. Let's make things a little bit easier in 2019. Our friends at FreshBooks have a solution. FreshBooks, this is invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for you as small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds. And then the best part is uh, get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Uh, I love that part. File expenses even quicker. Uh, Keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part is this. As your business continues to grow, which it will in 2019, let's be honest, you're going to always have the tools that you need when you need them without ever having to like figure out or learn all this accounting shenanigans, right? So you guys... 24 million people are using FreshBooks. Try it out for 30 days free. There's no credit card required. There's no catch. Uh, Go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography, freshbooks.com forward slash photography, and then enter six figure photography in the section where asked, how did you hear about FreshBooks, right? Make sure you get that part down. When it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, enter six figure photography, you're going to get your first 30 days free. I'm excited for you guys to check out FreshBooks. All right, let's get back to the show. Selling is the transfer of certainty. Interesting. And I know you were getting into explaining that, but now I'm going to say, okay, cool. (laughs) Explain that further. I just needed to put it, I needed to put like a waypoint on that one. Selling is the transfer of certainty. Okay. Now, now go for it. Explain that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So your customer, you're like, you, you can only sell to people who are confident that, that your offer is the one for them. And so we can't do that unless we we listen and unless we like really hear what people are saying so we can in confidence like diagnose and give them the solution right and so really what we want to hone in here is that we can't do that unless we are confident in the thing that we're selling does that make sense yes i, I feel like i okay might have okay <laughs> as long as it makes sense i'm to still you. with you i'm still with you i'm still dragging john i'm still tracking. Um, man, I love this stuff so much. I think, um, I just think that there's, um, these, these shifts are so much more valuable than any process almost that they're, they're like, they're so foundational to it. It's like, you can have all the, the scripts and the processes, but like, there has to be a foundation of, of, uh, it's just a foundational mindset shift that occurs. Otherwise it's like, cause here's the, here's where the rubber hits the road, right? It's like, things are going to be hard. Like, and you're going to get an objection or something's going to occur and somebody says no, or, or maybe you do get that, that question. And if the mindset shift isn't in place, you will run to the hills and you will, you will, you'll check out, right? You'll be like, well, that wasn't for yeah. me. And this- <laughs> you're like, great, great, Shauna. Great, Ben. That was real cool. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. I'm out of here. Cause it's not like when you do this, all objections disappear. It's that when the objections occur, 
you can stay in that experience and service and even heart posture with someone. Is that, is that yeah, accurate? Absolutely. And this actually happened with somebody that I, I know. And she, she basically, her session was like four hours or her photography session was four hours and the, and the family doesn't know how long it's really going to take. Right. So they approach the conversation and say, well, can't you do it for half that time for half that money? And she's like, okay, well, I guess, you know, I can maybe do like two hours. So she goes and does the shoot. Turns out she ends up being there for about four hours anyway. And the family now is like, oh, well, we see how hard you worked. And we see like all that, you know, we see that you stayed longer. So why don't we, we'll just pay you like what is fair? What do we owe you? What, what extra stuff do we owe you? So the conversation was never about money, right? It was about confidence. It was about certainty. And so the family now, because the woman, the, the photographer went above and beyond, it feels weird for the family to not pay the price that she was worth, right? Because they saw her work. Interesting, man. Interesting stuff. I want to get practical now. I want to actually like get in on, on, on what this looks like and, and, uh, pick your brain on this more. So uh, look, I, I guess I'd love to discuss how to move a lead then into a client. And there's any number of, of directions we could take this example. We could go, you know, wedding photography, moving a, a lead that's a bride, uh, to become an actual client. We could go portraiture. You know, what, what angle do you want to take with it? We could go in-person sales and they were already a client. Now you're selling them wall art. What, what, what way do you want to take I this? I think that the most expensive thing for people's businesses are missed opportunities. So if we can take the lead who has expressed interest that you've worked so hard to get into your front door, like how do we how do we navigate the part of the conversation then at that point where selling feels really good and they're excited to buy? Okay. I love that. Leads are expensive. Leads are viable. Every time we get that email with that lead, hey, you available for a day, our, our heart skips a beat. So let's take advantage of that. How do we, what's the best way to convert them? I mean, look, I don't know how you want to take this. I'd love to hear kind of the key principles, the process behind this. If there is any interesting verbiage that we can kind of be aware of, or even self-talk uh, to kind of be communicating to ourselves and understanding, almost pulling back the curtain in our own minds. Shauna, take it awesome. away. Awesome. So the very first thing that I'm thinking about is when, uh, when somebody comes to you and they've expressed interest and they say, oh, I want to book a call with you. Like, I want to know more about your services. Do you do this? The first thing that I want you to do is I just want you to ask them what, what about my work resonated with you, right? What picture did you see that you loved? And what we're doing here is two things. One, people have very, very, very short-term memories. And so especially if there's like a gap between a phone call or maybe they just saw it in passing and impulsively clicked like to message you. What you're doing is you're calling to mind why they love you and not something else. The second thing that we're doing here is that you're establishing a higher perceived, you, you're, you're set, the second part is you're establishing a higher price, right? So you can, so when they say, oh wow, like that's a lot of money, you can say yes, exactly because you told me that you liked A, B, and C. And like, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think so. And maybe we got ahead of ourselves because I, I, I let's, let's keep going. Let's let's stay with this. So you asked them what what imagery they they liked, um, and and okay, yeah, keep going. Yeah, keep yeah. Going. So that's sort of the first thing is to is to get them to recall why they love your work and what brought them here. Okay, now all I want you to do is ask them why this matters, right? Why does this photo matter? Why does this style matter to them? And what you're doing now is you're just getting to the heart of the issue. Right. And they may not know. I mean, sometimes we just like what we like. We don't really think much about it. So what we what we really want to do is just, again, drive self-awareness around what they like. And what's the emotional heartstring about this particular style or photo? Right. So with these first couple steps here and, miss, you know, this is just my curious brain. And I imagine this is what other people are, are thinking to themselves, too, as they are listening to this. Um, you know, we we want we want some pretty clear answers here. Uh, is it something that you're asking through email? Is this, you know, are you waiting till you actually have them in a consultation, you know, in your studio or at, at whatever shop you're going to be meeting them at, or is this over the phone? Where do you see the, these type of questions kind of occurring? Well, for me personally, since I love the phone, the phone is where it's at for me. That's going to be your highest conversion based on like industry data, right? So sale, the, the, the phone is going to be your best bet. But again, like that may not always be the case if, 
you know, some of your clients may prefer email, they may prefer an in-person thing. So some of these questions could actually be applied to like a form to help you pre-qualify because selling starts to feel weird when you're selling to the wrong person, the wrong thing. And so what you're doing with these questions is making the pitch at the end, the, the part where you go up and talk about the pricing so much easier if you can identify who they are and what they want right out the gate. Love it. Love it. Keep yeah, going. So absolutely. So yeah, so some of these questions, plug them into an email form, just hit back with a reply to an email and see, see what you can spark, right? So then once they identify what it is that they want, ask them what happens if they don't get this thing? Okay, like what happens if, if we don't do this? It's going to help create some built in urgency that they identify. So it's less about like, Oh, I've only got, you know, three spots left. It helps them identify their own need for the thing because people love their own decisions for their own reasons. And that is how you want to navigate a sales talk. So that way the pitch is like their own idea. Does that make sense? It does. I'm having a hard time imagining how that conversation takes place or that question. Would you be able to kind of uh, play that out, almost like role play that for for a second? You know, I, I get the first two questions where you're asking, you know, what do they what do they want? What do they value? Um, and the second question was. Uh, quick bullet points again, yeah. question so, one. So essentially the conversation is going to go like this, right? It's going to say, oh, thank you. So, you know, I'm glad that my work resonates with you. I'd love to know what caught your eye. And what about this work in particular grabbed your attention? Why is it important to you? Okay, awesome. Yeah, so it sounds like this is really important to you. And what happens if like, if, if this doesn't happen, if this, if we don't shoot this type of style, right? Or you don't get these, if we don't get these photos or we don't get this photo to go here, or to have this book that you want of your family, right? Or like whatever sort of style that you do, like what is it that you're providing? The outcome that you provide, what is that thing? And then what happens if they don't get it, right? So again, it's not just buying the session from you. It's giving an emotional outcome to the thing that you do. That's what you want to hit. That's the nail on the head that you really want to drive home. So then they say, oh, it's just like, I really want you know, this photo to go, you know, I, I already have an idea of where it's going to go in my living room. And if I don't get it, like, gosh, like, I just, you know, it's it, the wall is the room is going to look so ugly. And um, it's, it's going to help me remember how important of this was the most important day of my life, right? This is the most important day of my life. And all I want to do is remember this one significant day for the rest of my life. And that I can share that memory with my family and every single person who comes over, right? That's why they want that thing. And if they don't get it, it's going to be crappy. It's going to suck, right? And so then you say, okay, I understand. Like, it sounds like this is really important to you and I want to help you get that, right? And then you can say, do you want to talk about one of my offers that's going to help you get that? Interesting. I like this. I've always gone, and I'm, and I'm, wanna, I'm just curious on your thought on this, um, because I've heard that um, people respond more to, um, like, uh, aversion to loss, right? It's like, we want to avoid losing something versus moving towards gaining something. Yeah. Right. So I like that you've taken that direction of what am I avoiding by making this purchase? Right. What am I, what am I escaping? What's the pain that I'm going to avoid? So one of the ways that, um, that we've gone about it, is is maybe to go the route of of gain and I'll just because we do something similar right like so what stood out to you so we're style and story so what stood out to you about style and story that made you want to contact us um, and so we talk all about that kind of stuff and one of the questions we say is um, what would it um, what would it mean for you to have these moments captured rather than you went the route of what would it mean if they were lost we say what would it mean to you to have them captured. Um, and then specifically, what would it be worth to have them captured after that? That's the follow up yeah. question. It's like, what would that be worth to you to be able to relive that? And usually the answer is priceless. <laughs> it's like, I, I would, I would give anything. Um, so I, you know, I like what you did. It's, it's a nice little twist and I think it's interesting. Um, it's, 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 um, for my brain, that's why I had you kind of give me an example of it. It's harder for me to reach like to ask that question, it feels invasive almost where it feels maybe slightly offensive uh, or like it makes me feel uncomfortable to hear them talk about 
what's going to happen if they don't get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, this is where your training with like uh, tissue donation came in handy because you're asking a really hard question that can bring up some awkwardness. Yeah, and you're, you're definitely not there to like pebble them with questions, right? And make them feel uncomfortable. I mean, you have to earn your right to ask. And, and here's what's really interesting about your approach and the way that I do it, because the foundation of what you're doing is your people make the decisions twice. They make them first in their mind and then they make them with their wallet. If they can't see how what you're selling is going to either like improve their life or like be at a loss in their life, they won't buy. And so you're creating a visual persuasion of seeing themselves with the thing that you do or without it. So that way it's, it, they can't unsee it. They can't unsee the thing once they've seen it and you've given that, them that visual thing because people are always making the decision to purchase twice. Nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay. In oh, my I approach love your currently. approach. I think it's absolutely awesome. Validate me, Shauna. The principle is still the same, right? Like it's the visual persuasion where you're helping them create what is possible. Right. And, and they, and they, interesting. So that's what it's yeah, more it, about. It's the visual yes, component. Absolutely. And they, and, and the thing is, is that when you do that, they may be absolutely ready to buy, but sometimes there may be hesitation, right? Well, I, I don't know if I should do that. Like, yeah, I really, I really want to do it. It sounds priceless, but I don't know. And maybe when they extend that extra bit of the conversation, you can say, okay, like, I know that, that you might be scared, but it, can you talk to me about what happens if you don't do this? Right? Like, are you okay? Like being, you know, in this place, like right now where you are, you know, or, or what have you, I'm, I'm sort of kind of riffing here as well, but it's, I, it. I totally you, get it. Yeah. It's kind of, it's just as important as the question is the timing of the question, right? So you may have to plant it kind of at a different spot to make it feel good. And if they're ready to go, once you've created the vision, like absolutely move forward with that. Yeah. And you know, it is something that I do flex occasionally. Maybe it's not like an, uh, an every time thing, but like there are just certain things that I really extremely, like I just feel very strongly about and I I want to make sure that I offer them that perspective, right? Because maybe I've seen the alternative. You know, we have couples who come in and they insist that they do not want an album. And I insist that they absolutely have one. Otherwise, I'm not shooting. And when that conversation becomes a little bit more tit for tat and, and it can get seated, I I do I do kind of maybe flex that of, uh, of painting the picture of like what happens if it's not there, right? Um, and so I guess I do kind of pull it out. But it's more of like my... It's like my secret weapon, maybe we'll say, or like my, all right, this is my last, my last, uh, my, I don't know what I'm trying to say. My last stop. I feel like there's a phrase here that I'm missing. Um, anyway, you get it. And this is exciting. Okay. So then from, from there, is is there anything else that, that, that goes into this process? Yeah. I think that when, when they say, when they're agreeing with you and they have that kind of level of confidence of, of that, this is in fact, the thing that they want is to be invited into the sales talk. I think it's really weird to go from, okay, yeah, that's great that you want that. Okay. Here's my offer. And here's my price. I think that it's really important to say and ask them like, okay, is this something that you want help with? Is this something that you would consider buying? Right. And really extend an invitation to then talk about the money. Because I think I said in the beginning too, like people can want what you have, but that doesn't mean that they're they're ready or willing to pay, right? So yes. for me to create feel-good sales, I'll simply just ask, okay, like I would love to help you get this. Do you want to talk about one of my offers? Do you want to talk about the best package based on what you said you wanted? And there's love your sales that. pitch. <laughs> one of the... Um... Yeah, that's that's it. It. I like this. One of the ways that I like to go for the, the ask at the end, um, and this is more specifically with, um, with the actual bookings, right? So service booking, a meeting with maybe a bride or a groom or mom and dad, and we've gone through everything and there's usually different objections, right? Like, Hey, I got to talk with my parents or, or whatever it may be. And sometimes we fill those in, in our own brains, right? We almost make that objection for them before, they've even given it, you know, you're just meeting with the bride and you're like, all right, well, she needs to go home and talk to her, her fiance. And maybe we even give them that idea. Anyhow, one of the ways that I kind of hack my mind to, to not feel, I don't know, salesy or to not feel pushy. Right. But still asking is I just call out exactly what I'm 
feeling while saying it. So let me put, let me, let me kind of uh, get through, get through all the muck here of what I just said. I would literally tell them, I'm like, look, um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask right now, would you like to hire us? Like, I'm going to walk away regretting this because I really want to shoot your wedding. If I don't ask you, like, would you like to hire me to shoot your wedding? Do you know what I mean? I just kind of call him like, look, if we end this thing and you leave to go talk with whoever, I'm going to be bummed that I didn't ask you because I really want to photograph this thing. And it almost helps my brain make that jump to the ask without feeling like I'm shoving something in front of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just calling out, like, I'm a human. I'm going to regret this. I want to shoot your wedding. Would yes, you like that? I think that is honest on two fronts. One, people like ambitious people. And so I think that that plays into that. And then the second thing is that we, sale, selling feels weird when you're not being honest. And so when you when you are honest and you bring that to the table, because that's really what sales is. Sales is really just bringing truth to the table and helping them unpack that. And when you do that, when you're honest and kind and direct, like that's the best place for you to sell from. Yeah, I love it. And you can put your own words like, you know, like I, I would kick myself if I didn't ask if, if you'd like to hire me right now. Like I'm going to walk, you know, you're going to leave. And I'm going to be bummed that I didn't just like ask you for card out loud. Like I really want to shoot it. Uh, I think when you can come from it from that point. Yeah, that move really helps my brain sometimes, Jonna, because sometimes I freeze up and I'm like, uh, she already mentioned that she needs to talk to her. Like I'll, I'll like she's it's the thing that I, it allows me to ask no matter what, no matter what objection she's given me. Maybe she suggested that she, you know, she's bummed that her fiance couldn't make it and she'll, she's excited to talk it over with him later. Like no matter what she's told you that, that you feel like is an objection, it still gives you permission to still ask. Cause you'd just be like, look, I'm just, I'm just going to be bummed if I don't, I know you need to go talk to your man, but like, look, would you like to reserve it? And you'll be surprised at what they yeah, say. That's really cool. And and this goes back to what I said before too about sales is the transfer of confidence, right? It's the it's that tr- transfer of certainty. And so if your if your bride is like hemming and hawing when they go home and they're like, yeah, you know, he was kind of cool and I think it'd be kind of great, but I really don't know. And you know what I mean? They're just not, they don't have that confidence that you're the one for them. What you're doing simultaneously is empowering them with that confidence to say yes, like this is what I want. And I'm going to go home. And I'm going to tell him like, this is exactly what I'm going to tell you know, my parents, my spouse, like I'm, I want this thing. Right. So you're really serving her in a way by helping her decide. And that goes back to my donation thing. Like I just, I'm there to help you say yes or no. And so that's really how you want to approach this from a feel good standpoint as well. It's like, how can I, like, what is it that they truly want and how can I help facilitate that decision? Yeah, man. I love it. This is fun. I, I just like riffing with you. I'm like, I got some <laughs> good ideas here coming from this now. This is sweet. Um, Shauna, this is incredible. Look, you're up to this a lot. I've, I've seen you on Facebook live, making live videos, uh, just kind of dropping nuggets left, right, and center. Can you tell us a little bit more about She Speaks Sales and where people can find you on the Yeah, internet? absolutely. So like you said in the beginning, I have five kids. And so I try to make my business super, super simple and just leverage communication rather than like fancy tools and all these things. And so my approach is all about actionable, simple sales. And we have a Facebook group called the Ask Exchange and Ask standing for actionable, simple sales, where you can meet us there and hang out with us. Um, otherwise, yeah, shespeaksales.com is like a really great place to find me on the online as well. I love it. Shauna, thank you so much for spending time with us. Even just heading into the new year, we're right around the holidays. I appreciate, I'm glad that we're kicking off the 2019 season of the Six Figure Photography Podcast with this. I think it's really going to ignite a lot of uh, creatives. Uh, and, you know, this is like this kind of quote unquote offish season where we're spending time working on pricing, working on strategy, uh, trying to get our, our, our pitch down, our conversions down. And so, uh, I'm really excited to be able to get this out. You are so so welcome. And hang on, I just thought of something in one of your emails, you mentioned about, you know, one of the best things that you can do is to increase your pricing. And I'm curious to know what for you, like ignited that shift where you were like, okay, like I just need to double down and increase my rates at the, at the price point they deserve. Yeah. I mean, I just, you look around the industry and everyone's so scared and we're all comparing ourselves to everyone else around us. And, um, I think it's okay to, 
to start out low. Not even okay, it's 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 appropriate to start lower, but I think so often we just get comfortable and we stay there and we stay in comfort and we stay in complacency and we stay in average and when we're terrified what happens if I move up and and it's um uh like something's got to move, right? And I think that so often we're waiting to gain confidence before we make a move. We're waiting to gain assurance in ourselves before we make an action. And I'm here to suggest that you first do, and then confidence comes from that. And action will result from that. And so to make a move, and I'm not saying to double prices, I'm not saying to go up (laughs) $1,000, but I'm saying, look, start out, move, move, right? Like increase a hundred bucks, uh, and, and, and create action in your life because you got to facilitate change. I I just think we're so often, we're just students. We just keep learning and learning and learning and no one's doing anything. And, uh, and you got to hack it somehow. And, um, so I think, you know, that's kind of the spirit that it came out of. Uh, so don't take it the wrong way and go, you know, (laughs) double your prices or jump 500 or a thousand bucks. Yes, I did not mean to give that impression, but I think it's just really important because like so much of the work just isn't necessarily the shooting part either. Like there's so many other parts of your business that you have to consider and it doesn't do anybody any good if you're just like driving into the ground and you don't have anything to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just not sustainable. I think, you know, it's. Uh, it's just not, and it feels sustainable right now. And you're, you know, you get a year in and you're starting to realize quickly how, how little it is. And so, um, and I've been there, I've been in that kind of, um, that feeling that, uh, that you almost start to lie to yourself. (laughs) You're like, you know, I, uh, and often we, we, you know, we just see the, like our, our, uh, net, you know, we're like, Hey, I charge $2,000 a wedding and you're not making $2,000 a wedding. Right. Um, we, we just don't see the full numbers play out. So even if only to get you to start considering your numbers and really start looking at them. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's a a quick thing just to begin to hack into stuff a little bit. Um, but I think mostly it's like, man, you want to start changing your mindset. You want to start like gaining some confidence in what you're, in what you're up to, then you, then make an action first. Don't just try to keep learning and hope that something changes. Yeah, it just won't. Absolutely. I think I heard once too, that confidence is something that you need after you don't need it. <laughs> so I absolutely agree that the action is really going to drive that confidence for you. And that's really, you know, why practicing like the sales calls and like, like thinking about the words before you say that is really going to help prepare you. Love it. And you know what too? Yeah. Last thing is this, let's say you move them up a hundred bucks you can always move them down a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> like I think there's this idea that like, Hey, once my prices go up, I can't go back down. If I do, it'll shatter my reputation and everything will be ruined. I'm like, no, it won't. No one cares. I mean, generally no one cares, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, that's a topic for another <laughs> conversation, which oh. we should have you back on again. I think it'd be fun. There's a lot more here. Um, Shona, I really appreciate this. Uh, really. Thank you again. Thank you, you still there, Shauna? <laughs> yes, I wasn't sure. Yes. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for listening to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. If you could, look, do me a favor. If you have found value in this podcast, especially heading into the new year, could you do me a favor and share it with a colleague, share with a friend, share with a family member, blast this thing on Facebook, or just like, look, maybe, maybe you just... Uh, do a little Instagram story and tag me at Hartley. I will see it. I will smile ear to ear and I probably will share it back out. Uh, but I would love to continue to grow this and continue to help this industry uh, elevate, as you guys know, a rising tide lifts all ships. And, uh, and that's exactly what we want to do. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you in the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Bye, everyone. <laughs>